Well, now that uh, the system is up and running, our primary focus is to determine that root cause. And I've directed FAA to figure out uh, exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. And most importantly, uh, as you might imagine, a critical system like this has a lot of redundancy built into it with backups. So we need to understand why with uh, all of that redundancy, it's still rose to the level uh, that there had to be a ground stop. So that was Pete Buttigieg trying to explain his way out of the biggest uh, FAA snafu in the history of the country. Outside 9-11, we did it intentionally. We grounded all planes because of a system and a backup system that was ineffective, even though we had hours leads. Everybody who was trying to fly yesterday was either had their flight canceled or delayed. And they're still delayed today. And if you tack that on to the other epic fails from transportation, uh, from the strike that had Congress have to jump in that he couldn't negotiate, from the problems at the ports to the problems at Southwest, have you ever seen a guy fail more epically where more people expected more from than Pete Buttigieg? One guy that's known him every step of the way, from when he emerged after serving the military uh, to as mayor of South Bend, is Casey Hendrickson. 95.3 MNC radio host extraordinaire. He's got a great show. You can follow him at Casey the Host, uh, who's known Mayor Pete for a while, was able to judge him from afar, and predicted that he had national aspirations. Casey, welcome. Hey, Brian, thank you for having me on again. Appreciate it. So when we're everyone's saying Mayor Pete, this, you know, who is he and, and what does he do? Why does everyone have so high hopes for him? Tell me who's who's the Mayor Pete, you know. How many times did you and I have dinner at Antonio's, Brian, where I was warning you about this guy? Right. Yep. And and, you know, one of the things that he does portray himself very well. Oh, the Rhodes Scholar thing. Yeah, whatever. I'm who's who and American high school students for biochem twice. Big deal. It's not it's it's not a big deal. This guy's policy positions are all, hey, let's undo what we did to fix old problems decades ago and just go back to how things were before. His one signature program here for transportation was what he calls smart streets. He basically took the one way streets and he made them two way again. He removed a bunch of of, uh, traffic lights. He put in some roundabouts. He then blocked your ability to see through the roundabout by piling up a bunch of stuff in the middle of the roundabout. He got an 11-year-old boy killed at a bus stop because he took out one of the stoplights there. He was warned that that would lead to injuries and death. And, of course, that 11-year-old boy is not with us anymore because of this. And it's been a massive failure. He's increased commute times by about 13 minutes. First responders can't get to emergencies. And all he had done is basically go back to an old policy before they had changed it to one-way streets because they needed to deal with the traffic from Notre Dame games. So they had, he had actually just gone back in time and said, let's just do the thing that didn't work before when there was less people here, and let's just do that. And then his next proposal was to take the train station and move the train station into downtown South Bend. But it used to be in downtown South Bend, Brian. They took it out because it was inefficient and didn't work well, and they put it at the airport. There was a reason for that. So all of his policies – are just going back in time and doing stuff and wasting taxpayer dollars and making things worse and making things less efficient. He's not as bright as people think he is. I'm not going to tell you that he's a dumb person. I'm going to tell you he's somebody who doesn't have any practical problem-solving skills and doesn't understand the big picture. So everything that he touches just ends up being a disaster. I went through a list of 10 or 12 things that the Transportation Secretary should have been doing over a year ago, Brian, when we were dealing with, with the shipping container crisis and all of that. He didn't do any of that. He was on paternity leave and didn't tell anybody when there, the train station, uh, the, the train union strike thing was happening. Where was he? He was in Portugal. 
And then the FAA situation happens, and where is he? Basically saying, I don't know what happened. Oh, we have backups and redundancy. Well, none of the backups and redundancy work. Is that because of his leadership? Is that because of policies under this administration to hire for diversity and quotas instead of hiring for ability? That's something that needs to be investigated. Congress needs to get in on this. Yeah, I, I think so. Absolutely. And continue to say I'm working on it, putting people on it. I have the FAA has got to give me an explanation. Well, we don't have an FAA director. Why aren't you expressing outrage about that? Uh, go in there. And he's got this huge budget to play with. And now they're saying he's being targeted because by Republicans because he is a uh, because he is a presidential candidate eventually or looked at as an up and coming star on the Democratic side. I don't think it has anything to do with it. He was asked about upgrading this system that got uh, brought to its knees yesterday. Here's what he said, cut 22. Yeah, this is a system that's been used for many years. It's, it's based on a standard, and, and every country uh, that manages airspace has a version that kind of ties into a, a global standard for how to get this important safety message through our aviation, uh, message traffic through our aviation system. Uh, it is periodically and continuously uh, upgraded and updated. No, it isn't. And it wasn't. Right. And he had no idea right. about that. And he was given a heads up uh, all night from two in the morning on. Yeah. And, and once again, he was absent, just like he's been absent everywhere. Look, he was put as transportation secretary because in the United States, transportation infrastructure is generally considered to be automatic. And the transportation secretary doesn't have to do all that much. The idea was to improve his profile with the American people, start to build him up as a potential future presidential candidate again. I always thought that the original goal was to get Joe Biden out of there after a couple of years, move Kamala in, move Pete in as vice president, and they would have their roster. That's not working out because Kamala is a disaster, screws up everything she touches. And Pete Buttigieg screwed up what is considered to be one of the easiest chief executive positions in federal government as transportation secretary. Since the guy's been in there, it's been one disaster after another. You can't get baby formula. You can't get cold medicine. You can't get diapers. You can't get a bunch of other stuff some of which is imported, some of which they can't get the supplies from outside of the country to manufacture here in the United States. And all of that rests squarely on Pete Buttigieg. You and I are workaholics, Brian. You and I have talked about our schedules yeah. and how hard we work. Men, when they need to get something done, when they're taking paternity leave, stay up late at night and get things done. Pete Buttigieg didn't. He went to bed while everybody else was trying to solve his problems. Right. At a time in which, listen, if you are given a job, and you can't do the job for the first three months. You tell the president, thanks so much. I got to turn it down. Uh, my family just adopted twins or having some physical problems. Whatever it is, uh, you can't do it. Because in the best interest of the country, it's supposed to be serviced. You don't take the job. And if you're not going to do it right away, at least tell people about it. So I asked Andy Biggs this yesterday. I said, while this was happening, we're still waiting for the planes to get back in the air. Here's what he said, cut 24. Pete Buttigieg communicated to the president that he doesn't really know anything yet. Are you surprised the Secretary of Transportation doesn't know anything? I, I'm not surprised. It's unpleasant that I have to say that, but I'm not surprised that he doesn't know anything because that's consistent with how he's handled any kind of question or issue that we've had in our transportation sector since he became secretary. But what's chilling about this today, Brian, is, is the fact that this is happening. It's been going on. We've known about it apparently overnight, and he has no idea what happened or how they're going to fix it and how long it's going to last. That that is a, an enormous impact on our economy and travelers today. So uh, is that a political <laughs> hit job? Did he say anything that was politically oriented? No, no, everything was accurate there. And, and look, one of the reasons that they, they sought out Pete Buttigieg is that he was actually young and the Democrats are a very old party right now. Uh, he ticked some of the social boxes. He's veteran. He's gay, obviously. 
Um, you know, he's got the, the children angle and everything else now. And those are important to the Democratic Party. And they think that it's something that they can use to win. But more importantly is that when you start criticizing the things that Pete Buttigieg does wrong, which are most things frequently, they can use those things as examples of hate or discrimination as opposed to genuine criticisms of his job. What Representative Biggs said there, Brian, is not inconsistent with Pete Buttigieg's entire history as a political candidate and as mayor of the city of South Bend. Every time you would ask him a straight question about a policy issue, he would basically tell you that he would have to look into it and get back to you, and then he would never get back to you. He did that not only with me. He did that with local uh, reporters. I was the only local reporter in the area who opposed this guy consistently from the moment that he was running for office. But beyond that, he would do that with the common council. The council and the council president would ask him questions and ask for information, and he would consistently, Brian, not have an answer. He speaks well. He's genuinely nice, and he's soft-spoken, and so people kind of conflate that with intelligence. Pete Buttigieg is not a guy who has a lot of common-sense intelligence. Maybe he can, he's book-smart. Maybe he, he was able to grind in school. I don't know. I've never seen this guy actually solve a problem that has materialized in his entire political career, from the local level all the way up to the national level. And even when he was running for president, when there was political scandals that rose, he failed to address every single one of those in an adequate way that, that appealed to voters. Uh, by the way, uh, he's all about equity and equality. That's the only time he's ever comfortable is talking about that. And it's just a joke. Uh, so, you know, I give him credit for going on outlets that aren't necessarily going to ask him easy questions, but he does not ever have an effective answer. And why are you taking a mayor of South Bend with no expertise in transportation and putting him there? At least if someone's in Treasury, they have to have a business background, you would hope. So there's no reason to think he could do this job. But going back to your original point, in transportation, things kind of run themselves. But he's yeah. a little unlucky, number one. And number two, he's not exactly... Uh, shaking up the world. A lot of times, if you're good, you welcome the opportunity for a crisis to show what you can do. He's failed yeah. every single time, and he's, he's emerged unscathed. Not this time. Yeah, and there's a lot of things that were happening in the city of South Bend that that you know he takes credit for, but we're really the responsibility and, and the the fruits of the labor of somebody by the name of Jeff Ray, and had nothing to do with Pete Buttigieg at all. Uh, but he's taking credit for a lot of that stuff. And, and frankly, Governor Pence at the time, former vice president, he he did a lot of stuff that you know brought investment into downtown South Bend that Pete Buttigieg took credit for. But it was really Mike Pence who was responsible for that stuff. And at the end of the day, if he were trying and putting in an effort and the American people were seeing that he was trying, but he just kept running into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, we would see that. The problem is every time there's a major national crisis, Pete Buttigieg either had no idea what was happening didn't answer the call at 2 a.m. like you talked about earlier, or was on paternity leave or in Portugal on vacation, mm -hmm. and nobody had any idea where in the world the guy was while the disaster kept getting worse and worse and worse. And lastly, he has very comfortable taking private flights. And why he's getting a pass on this, I don't get either. So uh, he's taken 129 flights. 100, mm -hmm. uh, 111 has been commercial. But now he's flying out to New York City to do an interview on television. Are you kidding? Right. Then he takes his flight. He takes a plane to go on vacation. That is that's American dollars. And by the way, can I mention? I believe it's got a carbon footprint that he is uh, <laughs> that that he should be aware of. Is he? Do you think he's aware of that? Yeah. Don't don't get me started on the Lime bike and the Lime scooter program that he had in South Bend. That was a massive environmental disaster for the St. Joseph County River. But you know, I digress. 
Um, <laughs> this And here's the thing. I will give him just a little bit of leeway here. If you're taking military planes, as, as veterans listening to your show will know, you can do that more economically than taking commercial flight, flights. If the plane is already going to a location, sure. you can basically, you know, be a, be a stowaway on that plane. So if he's doing that, I can give him some credit for doing that. However, he should not be flying to New York to do an in-person interview. He can do a Zoom or a Skype or whatever, like you and I do on a regular basis. This is not, this is not something that should be happening. But beyond that, you know, these elitists in D.C., Brian, they don't seem to understand optics. When there's an issue with commercial flights in the country that he has failed to be able to fix other than saying, oh, Southwest Airlines has to give a refund yes. every couple of months when he's finally bullied into getting back on the on the air and talking about it. You can't be you know, finding an extra easy path for yourself to be able to get around the world while the rest of the country can't catch a flight. Right. And that's that's it's the optics of that. And, you know, if it's business, I understand it's business. But when you're doing just a, you know, a media interview that you could easily do from your office, frankly, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not appealing to the American voters out there who just see a guy who's able to go around the system and, and exploit a system that they don't have access to. So he can go on vacation and he can do the things that he wants to do while you're grounded and stuck in an airport. All yeah. Day. For example, I heard Washington's got this thing called Amtrak. And you could hop on a plane and you could get there quickly, get some work done, and also be a firsthand, a firsthand experience what it's like in first class, whatever it is, business class, and give an idea of what Amtrak's doing. You know, put that yeah, baseball I, cap on, do your, do your best episode of Undercover Boss. And he's a big fan of Amtrak, so it doesn't make any sense why he wouldn't want to go on Amtrak. Kind of strange, right? Yeah. Hey, Casey, who's going to be on your show today? Uh, today, yeah, I don't know that I'm actually going to have any interviews today. Um, I might bring uh, Clifton French on from RealNewsMichiana.com. He's the other local reporter, investigative reporter, who um, has he's, – he's one of the individuals that came in after me and was able to challenge Pete. It's really the two of us here. Um, so I might bring him on to talk about some of this stuff as well because he's got a lot of information about his military record and his background. But um, I think that we're just going to be kind of hitting the, the main issues today, and I'll be fighting the good fight to uh, to save our gas stoves and all of that stuff. So Malone Filet. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, all the all the normal crazy stuff that they're dealing with out there in the uh, in the world. But uh, yeah, you know, it's this is just it's par for the course. I remember when I first got in this business and you probably remember going back like 10 years, Brian, you know, you're, it was it was rare that you had to deal with an actual dumb story of really stupid things happening. <laughs> but it's every single day, multiple times a day now. That's... You remember when we used to be able to do regular news and actually break down issues? I mean, it was crazy, right? Right. Now we're going to bat for a gas car and a gas stove. <laughs> do you believe this? Hey, at least at least they have tractors in the UK now that can run on cow poop. Thank goodness. The, the, the British are really, I'm so glad they left the EU. Casey Hendrickson, thanks go. so much. Uh, you Thank can, you, man. I appreciate yeah, you it. Listen around the country if you get them online, 95.3 MNC.